Welcome to the Rocking Life podcast, Rocking Life After Divorce. And uh, today we have Sean Osborne. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on here. This is fantastic. This is so much fun. You're a fellow podcaster, and uh, I think it's the first time I've interviewed somebody that actually has their own podcast. Nice. And uh, you actually were one of the persons that got me started because technically uh, I had some issues and you helped me along. It was so, so helpful. Oh, God. I'm, and that's what I love doing. I love helping. That's yeah. just... <laughs> and uh, Sean, you are a mindset coach uh, who helped people to the next level and have spent more than 30 years to develop your Thinking Big model. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, but also that you were homeless as uh, uh, a 15-year-old and uh, you had a hard time uh, initially in your teens. And uh, you're going to share a little bit about that, a little bit about uh, how you in your marriage had a very rough patch in a 32-year marriage. You had a rough patch. You're going to share a little bit about that and uh, how you also started a multi-million dollar company and uh, that you also know the power of shifting your thoughts and uh, how getting stuck really sucks and uh, in divorce it's so common that you get stuck i was very very stuck in my divorce for a couple of years it took me a long time to kind of like gain traction so we're going to share a little bit about that and the rocking life podcast is all about bringing hope to people people that are struggling in the divorce after divorce and a lot of times people spend years, maybe five, 10 years after divorce being stuck. And a lot of times they end up in a downward spiral and can't really get traction to getting their life back in order and, and making it a beautiful thing. And um, I truly believe that divorce can be this catalyst that helps them kind of like get their life into an upward trajectory and making it an amazing life. And... Um, you had a little story to share when you were homeless and how a little bit example of how to get unstuck. Starting off, I think the hardest things we go through, the biggest obstacles we have are to me the biggest gifts that we have. So you going through divorce, that's going to be one of the best things from your personal standpoint that, that happens. I mean, wonderful things will happen from that. When we go through these traumatic, these hard, these difficult times, to me, that's what builds us. That's what gets us to where we are. That's how we grow. If we didn't have all this shit that happens to us, <laughs> we would never grow. We really wouldn't. And, yeah. you know, it started young for me. So at 15, I was homeless. I was uneducated. I was, I, I like to say I dropped out, but I was kicked out of the ninth grade. And start, I was 100% my fault. It's society didn't do it. My parents didn't do it. I had fantastic parents. It was bad decisions. I take 100% responsibility in the stuff that I went through. But at 15, I was basically on my own, working, waiting tables, busing, doing dishes. And I remember back then not even being able to notice that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. It, it seems like I was so lost. I had no way of even comprehending that there was things in the future. I was so stuck in just being where I was at the time that I couldn't even fathom getting out of that. I couldn't fathom doing great things. One of the stories I remember, if, if you remember back in the 
God, it must have been the 80s, maybe early. Yeah, it's got to be in the 80s. A song uh, came out, uh, 50 Thou a Year Will Buy a Lot of Beer. I can't remember <laughs> who sings that. But anyways, it was one of the things. And I was in my car and I was driving a little beater car. And I'm thinking, man, if I could only, I couldn't even imagine $50,000 a year. And $50,000 a year for beer. I'm like, oh my God, just those things. It's like, I was so, I was making, God, maybe... 8,000, 10,000 a year. So when you're at that point, you really don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. You, you don't have, you know, your beliefs are that things aren't going to get better. I was right there. I mean, I, I literally, I felt like I was the person that oh, society had given up on. I was the person that there's just no out. And that's the biggest misconception that people have is that there's no way out. And that's when you see people do stupid things. That's when you see suicide. That's when you see all these dumb things when people don't even see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And there is. That's the thing. Yeah. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. It, it just takes a shift in your mind, a shift in how you think. We have to be the ones to choose how we feel, choose happiness, choose love. We have the full capability to do that and to change everything. And that is what started everything out was, you know, being in that position, being at the very bottom and not knowing how to get out, not even knowing that there was an out. And that really drove for many years, drove you know what I was doing. And things happen for a reason. I always think that things happen 100% for a reason. We might not be able to see what they are. Yeah. We might think that it's, it can't even see the, the reason, but everything we see, everything we do, everything we have is for a reason. And I remember that this time I was 16 years old, still making $8,000, $10,000 a year. And my then girlfriend came to me and said, Sean, I'm pregnant. And think about that. I was uneducated, ninth grade, could barely put food in my mouth, could barely put a roof over my head. You know, I was living in place to place. And she comes to me and says that she's pregnant. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what to do. Now, not only am I lost, but I, I literally, I have, and I broke down. I, I mean, I teared with, you know, with some friends I had, and I just had no idea what to do and how to deal with the stuff, the shit that was going on and how I could possibly move forward. I mean, that was probably the lowest point that I had felt because it was just complete helplessness, complete yeah. and utter helplessness. But that was the point where it changed. That's the thing that at that point, when I was at uh, talking to those people, that's where it all changed right there. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that uh, so many people dealing with divorce get into this very difficult period. I went through a lot of loneliness, a lot of depression. Pretty much every single person I've interviewed gone through divorce have dealt with that. And most people also dealing with suicidal thoughts. And um, it can be such a difficult period. And how to get out of that? Was it like a specific moment or was it somebody that came in and helped you? Or was it that kind of like get you like being the catalyst to get you started in a different direction? So I think, you know, my, which now she's my wife of, you know, 30, you know, over 30 years, the catalyst was really my son. So I went to that, you know, I went to this group of people that I knew and I, I had this talk and, and one of the guys, I don't even remember his name, but said, you know what? It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Nobody, nobody knows what to do. When you're in the position that you're in, nobody knows what to do. You're never ready to have these challenges. If we were ready to have the challenges that are thrown at us, they wouldn't be challenges. Yeah. It'd just be day-to-day -day life. So 
I think that was like, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. And I think that's really when things changed. That's when I shifted my mind and said, you know what? I'm not going to be that person. I choose to be different. I choose to grow. I choose to not be the person that's not going to be there for his kid. I choose not to do those things. I choose to be better. I choose to grow. And at that moment, that's really when, you know, when we make the conscious decision, and I don't care what it is you're going through, uh, whether it's divorce, whether it's, you know, bad stuff happening, we have the ability to choose how we react to it. We have the ability to choose what we do with that input of data. We have the choice. And, and that's really what changed. So at that point, I said, you know, done. And, and, and literally within 15 years, so I went from homeless at 15, washing dishes, making nothing to selling my first company for millions by 30. So literally within 15 years, you know, that's people say that, oh, that's a long time, but it's, that's not a long time. We so overestimate what we can do in a year and we get to point, we get mad, we get, you know, I should be further along and we give up and we completely underestimate what we can do in 10. Yeah. If we stick the course, if we continue doing the right thing, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, there's such great things we can do. Yeah, I, I can relate to that so much because when you're in the middle of it, initially in the divorce, I, I felt like I was sitting still in a rowboat in the middle of the ocean trying to get forward momentum, but I could not see any progress. Even though I was making progress, when you're in the middle of it, it can be very difficult to see the progress. And it's like, it might take some time to get moving. But when I look back now, five years later or six years later, I see that tremendous progress I've made, but this can be difficult when you're right in the middle. I usually say it's kind of like a fog. I don't remember how I got out of this all the time, but I did have a coach, was tremendous help, having a counselor I could talk to, having awesome friends that I reached out to, and having that support was so, so crucial to have people around you, because a lot of times... If you start thinking too much and, and having, when you don't have other people talk to, I think it's very easy to go down the spiral of depression and just feeling bad for yourself. It's so interesting to hear that you have gone through a very deep dive in your early years uh, and then being able to move out of that. And you had another comment. You understand what the power of shifting your thoughts can do in your bio here. and. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, being stuck sucks and alternating your belief will get you to the next level. And how would you implement that, for example, for somebody going through a divorce? And to me, there's a lot of ways to do it, but everything we have, everything around you, everything you see, every thought you have, every word you say, every physical thing in, in that room, all stems, it's a mirror image of your beliefs. So if we change our beliefs, we can start changing our thoughts. We can start changing how we think of things. We can start changing what we say. We can start changing our results. We can start changing all that just by changing our beliefs. And to me, that's one of the biggest things to do is change our beliefs. Because back then, my belief was I was stupid, that I was you know uneducated, that I was, until I got out of that belief, I couldn't even recognize thoughts on the outside of what that belief system is. I mean, the way I like to explain it is if, Thoughts are king, you know, we, people in personal development, it's like thoughts become things, you know, that's, and I truly believe thoughts become things. 
but where do thoughts come from? And that's where I got so confused. It's like thoughts become things, but our beliefs are what allow us to recognize thoughts. So until we change our beliefs, we're going to have the same thoughts we're going to have. We're not going to recognize. I think we have infinite thoughts. So we have infinite possibility and thoughts, but I don't recognize or accept thoughts outside of what my current belief is. And I think beliefs are are probably one of the biggest things. So if we start believing in love, if we start believing in, in hope and believing in happiness, that starts conditioning our mind to think that way. You know, what we put inside is what we get outside. That's good. Now, for somebody who's listening that's not uh, maybe read up on some of this teaching, for example, thinking, grow rich, etc. Just the basic steps. If you make it really, really simple for somebody just listening here and and right now are quite depressed and down, what would do you have any like suggestions? What first things to do to start changing your beliefs? So I think the first thing to do is. Our beliefs are driven by what we say to ourselves. Yeah. And people would be absolutely astonished the bad things they say to themselves. Yeah. Especially when you're going through divorce, especially when you're doing these things. I challenge anybody that's going through going through a problem right now, a divorce, whatever. I'm going to challenge you to do this one thing. For 24 hours, I want you to get a piece of paper and keep a pen with you and every time you have a negative thought, put a tick mark. I did that and I can tell you I was absolutely astonished how many negative thoughts that I had. And those negative thoughts, you crap in, crap out. I mean, those negative thoughts program how what we see. If I constantly have negative or I have evil or I have, you know, uh, spiteful or I, I want to get even with someone, when I think of those things and that's my mindset, then those are the thoughts that I'm going to have. Those are the actions I'm going to take. So for me, one of the best things I do is, uh, and I can't remember who did, uh, I think Jim Quick. uh, He has a thing called killing ants, killing automatic negative thoughts. And I'm telling you, if you do it, even now, every couple months, I'll I'll do a day where I take negative thoughts and how many, I, I still to this day have tons of negative thoughts. So for me to get over uh, negative thoughts and start getting my mind, if I'm in a good mindset, a happy mindset, a loving mindset, my thoughts and my actions are going to be of happiness, love, auto-suggestion and meditation. You know, we by default talk negative to ourselves. Oh, I'm stupid. Uh, I'm ugly. Uh, there's, uh, you know, no wonder she wants to divorce me. Oh, she, she's a bee. She's whatever these negative thoughts are, they're de- by default. They, they grow you don't have to do anything those those automatically grow but we have to be persistent on thinking good things so meditation and and auto suggestion are two things that i i know it sounds foo-foo i know it's all woo-woo stuff but when you sit there and you tell yourself you know write out a statement i am happy i am grateful i am i'm loved i love everybody great things are going to come to me if you tell yourself that over and over again it conditions your your subconscious mind and that's what it looks for. That's yeah. what it sees out there. And, you know, one of the things I, I talk about is, you know, it's the Volkswagen effect. And women, it's the what I call the shoe effect. If you go out and buy a new car and you say, oh God, I want this car, I want this car. Oh, that's, uh, I've always wanted it. I'm going to go out and buy it. And I did that once with one of my cars. And then the second you drive it off the lot, all of a sudden you see 
huh, there's the car. There's yeah. the car. <laughs> there's the car. It's because you're consciously now aware and now your subconscious isn't able to you, you see them everywhere. You know, women do the same thing. I talked to my wife with shoes. Like she'll buy a pair of shoes and all of a sudden you, know, you go to a party and every woman has the same pair of shoes. You know, they were always there. It's just you're consciously aware of them. So when, when we put positive stuff in our mind, we see positive things out in the world. You know, yeah. we, when we have a positive car, all of a sudden you see all the positive cars out on the road. That's good. Now, auto suggestion for somebody that hasn't uh, heard that. What is that? What do you do? So there's a lot of ways you can do it, but auto suggestion is uh, self suggestion, telling yourself again, uh, automated negative thoughts, automatic negative negative thoughts. You you tell yourself stuff always. You're always auto suggesting stuff to your. That's how your subconscious gets its programming. It's yeah. it, auto suggestion positive or negative, it works both ways. Negative is automatic, but we have to force positive. So by doing it, I know it got, when I first got into this, I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds like it's not gonna work. This is what the hell are you talking about, Sean? But programming our mind does work. It, it, yeah. it truly, truly does. I, it, and, and here's the thing, you, I don't care what book you look at, if, whether it's you know Think and Grow Rich or any of these books, they all, say the same thing if you look at their sayings as a whole they're all the same thing it's it's a law i mean that's how yeah. ours. And, and here's the funny thing is things like thinking girl right those were done god in the 20s and, and 30s and stuff but in the last 20 30 years we've had a lot of things come out science that prove that these things actually work and actually affect us. There's tons of, of stuff, and that's actually where my passion is, is looking at how our mindset, you know, really affects not only what we do, but what we have and how we can change, uh, how we can change it. Yeah, I know we're a product of our past and it's so obvious for people that grown up in a very difficult environment when they're grown up, they're gonna be colored throughout their lives a lot of times, unless you start you know, dealing with those issues. Yeah. And uh, I totally believe that you can program and reprogram your thoughts and becoming more of a positive person, etc. Now, changing a little bit in in the podcast interview, uh, you also shared a little bit about your marriage. You've been married for 32 years. Right now, happily married, but you had some difficulties in the marriage too, even on the brink of divorce. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, are you okay to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. And here's the thing. No matter what relationship you're in, you're going to have ups and downs. Yeah. And sometimes you, you can't get over it, you know, and I understand it, but you're always going to have that. And to me, you, how boring would life be? I know people, someone that's in the middle of divorce, that, that probably sounds bad, but how boring would it be if we were always happy with the person we were with? That's part of a relationship is those ups and downs. And it, yeah, it got to a point where she went and filed and, you know, luckily we were able to talk it out. But to me, we all have those times and we have those that's part of the relationship. And, and to me, we got stronger because of that. And yeah. we got stronger because of all the crap that we've been through. And I think that's, for me, that's just uh, part of it. Now, maybe I'm lucky that I, you know, found the right person at 16. I mean, that's, but it hasn't been easy, but there's been more good days than bad days. And just don't ask Amy. <laughs> she, she might have a different answer <laughs> but you know that's just it's part of it you know and the way i look at it is it, am i gonna you know be built out of uh rubber or out of glass you know when, when stuff happens to me am i gonna be able to bounce and recover or am i gonna break 
And, and to me, that's part of the mindset is we choose how we react to people. We choose what we do. But I'm telling you, there's times where we've been very unhealthy for each other in the sense that, you know, when things start going bad, if both sides don't see it, the human nature is is going to be starting to do, well, I'm jealous or I'm going to get even or it does come to a point where there might not be any way to get past that. And the only thing is to, you know, obviously separate, but every relationship is going to have that. And we have to choose how we react to things. And the way I look, look at it is, in general, nobody's out there to get me. Nobody's out there to hurt me. There might be times where my wife was pissed off and she did something to you know, okay. maybe hurt me. But in general, her heart never wanted to hurt me. I never want to hurt her. So if, if, if I go into a situation and into a relationship and say, you know what? I understand I'm not happy. I understand... But the person in general is not there to hurt me. They might have a misunderstanding. They might have a, you know, it, it's communications, but it, you know, they might not see the, the things the way that I see them, but that's okay. How do we get past this? How do we grow before it gets to a point where there's obviously no way to, and we came close. I mean, we came very close to being at that, at that point. And what's weird is, you, you know, you look back, this was probably 15 years ago, at least that that happened. I can't imagine what it would be like now if we had gone through with that. Yeah. So there's two sides. I mean, there's always two sides to it. Now you as a man, I have more listeners that are men than women. And uh, was it anything that you realized going through this difficult period of your marriage that you changed things in yourself? I think I started to grow. So at the time that like all that stuff happened, I don't think I did anything that would have changed. Like I didn't see it and say, oh, I better change or I better, you know, I, dumb luck. I, I was lucky that uh, that I hung in a little bit longer. I was lucky that I was persistent enough not to do the things that I wanted to do to, to her. You know, that I, I wanted to hurt her. I wanted to, not physically, but, you know, mentally, I wanted to get my, I wanted to get revenge or, or, yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, you know, luckily I was persistent enough to hang in there. And again, that's what happened with, you know, even growing up. And I think persistent is one of the best things that we have. If I look at things that people are actually loving, they're not trying to hurt me, and I'm persistent in trying to make things work, uh, you know, to me, that's that's the reason that our marriage actually made it is, is I, th I think we both just didn't give up. I, th I don't think we took it far enough to where we said, you know what, it's absolutely no way. And I understand it's uh, many people have that. I mean, it's where there's no, the best thing to do is, is to move on. And, and, you know, that goes into a whole nother, another thing is we have seasons. I mean, yeah, we like to think, but we, we do have seasons with friends, with loved ones that again, I think everything happens for a reason. And we go through seasons and, and same people might not be in, in our seasons. I've had some amazing friends that are just no longer part of my life. Or it's just a different season in life. But if I don't look back and I don't grow from what happened, that's on me. I'm 100% responsible for taking what's happened and growing from it and yeah. learning from it. Because if I went through this and I didn't learn something, then it sure as well is a failure for me. Uh, absolutely. And, and that's uh, my, my question, because, for example, when I went through divorce, my big learnings were, one thing was, uh, I wasn't myself, I was pretending in many ways, I had masks up, I pretending to have a good marriage when I didn't, 
and uh, kind of like let go of those masks, becoming more real, being vulnerable, opening it up, and being authentic. And that's, to me, one of the biggest learnings and gifts, like you said initially in the podcast, going through things, difficult things, can be the biggest gift there is. It can be when you were growing up and being homeless, it's probably very difficult in the time when you're there to see that as a gift, or yeah. when you go through a struggle in, in the divorce proceeding, when you have a rough patch in your marriage, or for me going through divorce, it was very difficult to see it as a gift. But I truly believe it was one very, very big moment in my life to be able to be turning my life around to become more authentic, being me. And uh, for you going through this rough patch in your marriage, was it any particular things that you know, okay, this was like an epiphany or uh, something that you learned? No, I mean, I've obviously learned things along the way uh, within the marriage, but it's all just been growth as you, as you go. And I think I'm blessed that she stuck around, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think luckily I, I grew at a faster pace than she got pissed. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I was always one step ahead of her <laughs> yeah. in, in the piss scale. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and again, people are, uh, you know, things happen for a reason. And the way we uh, choose to react and the way we set our sails, you know, based on these is really what counts. Yeah. And that, me that we all go through stuff. We all go through shit. It's going to happen to everybody and how we deal with it is really what defines who we are. So again, if you look back, that was a very difficult time for you, but you've grown from there. You, you're yeah. different and you look back and it truly is a blessing that, uh, you know, that that's happened for you to become who you are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to shift a little bit again here. I mentioned that you are a coach and uh, about mindsets in particular, and I'm very, very interested in that. And you also developed something called Thinking Big Model. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that and what that can do for you. Sure. Yeah. And again, I think your mindset and your beliefs dictate everything you have. And that's, so the big, uh, thinking big, big stands for uh, beliefs, imagination, and growth. And I think it's a, almost like a success loop. They generate and they, and they go backwards too. So in other words, if you have a belief about something, for instance, let's take health or relationships or whatever it is. If you don't believe something, the thoughts that you have will match what your beliefs are. You'll never have thoughts outside of what you're, you, you'll, you might have thoughts outside of your belief, but you'll say, ah, oh, that's stupid. That's, that's a dumb idea. It doesn't fall within your belief. So as an example, the Wright brothers, people could have learned about flying thousands of years ago, but they believed that it was possible. And only yeah. because they believed that it was possible, were they able to recognize in their imagination, the thoughts of gravity, the thoughts of aerodynamic, the thoughts that make flight possible. They've always been there. They, the Wright brothers didn't invent anything. They just became aware because of their beliefs. So their beliefs allowed their imagination to go big. So your beliefs, to me, your beliefs are core. That's what drives everything you do. That drives everything you have. Change your beliefs, you're going to change your life. It's that simple. That dictates what you think. The words you say, the thoughts you have, your imagination, that's where imagination comes from. And then when you change your beliefs and you start thinking bigger things, you start thinking things outside of your current belief system, you start thinking bigger then that changes your growth, that changes your actions, that changes your results of what you have, which in turn 
increases your beliefs, which in turn allows you to have more imagination and more ideas, which in turn, it's just a cycle, but yeah. the same goes backwards. If we have thoughts of you know evil and thoughts of distrust and, and negative thoughts, your ideas, your imagination is gonna be based off those negative things. Your actions and your results are gonna be based off those negative things. And changing your mindset can it can change. So that's what took me literally from homeless to, you know, very successful is simple thing of changing my mind, changing my mindset. It did the same thing in health. I'd say over a little over 10 years ago, I was about 300, a little over 300 pounds. Oh, and wow. Yeah. Literally went from what the doctor called morbidly obese to doing Ironman in a matter of two years. So it's just changing that thought of what we think is possible changes everything we do. So when I was obese, I never thought, you know, what my thoughts were, there's no way I can run three miles. The way I can a marathon, there's no way I can run a marathon. To then when you believe, well, maybe I can, what can I do to run a marathon? Well, let's start off with a 5K. You do it, your actions, you grow. And then you say, you know what? I did that 5K. Now I can believe in myself that I can do a 10K. So then you go and do a 10K, your imagination, your ideas are okay. Now I can do a 10K and you finish it, you've grown. You know what? Now I believe I can do a half marathon. So it's the same type of momentum. And it doesn't matter if you're in, in relationships and in, in health and in finances, that model. And if you place that over, for instance, think and grow rich, if you place it over what Tony Robbins teaches, it's the same types of thing. It's the law of success. And I don't, again, I don't care if you're trying to get successful in, in finances and in, in your relationships, in your health, doesn't matter. That model saved my life. And it's through 30 years of, of trial and error. Yeah. And I will put that in the podcast description below for anybody that's interested in to find out about the model and Sean's work. So where do you get this passion to help people? I got a lot of passion just going through divorce because I had other people help me through this process of divorce because it was so difficult. And I know how difficult it can be to navigate divorce. And I have such a passion to help people specifically through divorce because I, I know you can get stuck. You can become very depressed and you need to have somebody else. It's almost impossible to move through this period of life without getting stuck and being there for years without having people around you that can support you and help you. Yeah. So where do you get that passion from? Same thing. When we go through something that is painful and something that hurts us and we grow from it and we see how we did it, as human beings, we become passionate about, I want to be able to transfer that to you. I remember being so out there of not knowing how I was going to survive and just that desperate feeling. I remember it like it was yesterday and I know how I got through it. I know what I did to change and I want to teach that to other people. The biggest joy I get is when a light goes off in someone's head. It's the same for you. And I think that's human nature. When we learn something that takes us from painful to not painful, if you're a good human being, if you see someone else that same pain, you're like, I've got something for you that's going to help that pain. And I think that's what drives me. Same as it drives you is like, it hurts when I look at somebody and they don't see a way out. It's like you on your rowboat. There's people yeah. out there on the rowboat that don't even know that there's land around. Yeah. They think the whole world is just water. They don't even see the land at all. And yeah. showing them, you know, going out there and saying, hey, if we row, if we keep going, if we're persistent and you keep doing your thing, five miles down there, there's a, there's land, there's a beach. 
They've got beers. They've got pina coladas. <laughs> it's a fantastic place. You know, that's, that's what we do. And I think to me, that's what gives me the most joy. Yeah, it's difficult when you're in the rowboat, if you take that as an example, if you don't see progress. Even though I had progress, it was very difficult to see it when you're right there. And to have other people around you kind of like pointing it out for you, encouraging you, and uh, also saying there is a horizon. You will see this land coming soon, even though you're moving slowly, it will soon appear. And that to bring that belief into you, even though you don't see it. And going back to, you know, you, you, to me, any big challenge like that, whether it's divorce, whether it's being fired from it, it doesn't matter what it is. I think it takes about five years. And here's the problem that I have, or what most people have is, like you said, they don't see the progress they've made in that first year. Yeah. They don't see that. If you look back at any of your big things you've done, it's probably been a good five years. It's like compounding interest on money. It's like you don't see anything for the first couple of years, but if you keep at oh, it I like that. and you stay persistent, all of a sudden it starts stacking up at you know year three through five of all the stuff that you did in year one. And what most people do is they give up after year one. Yeah, They say, I don't see anything that's changed, so screw it, F it, I give up. I don't see any change. And if they just go just a little bit longer and you keep doing it and you keep day by day, things always get better. They always change. And then you turn around and you look in the rear view mirror and you're like, holy crap, look at all the stuff that's changed. But you didn't see it while you were driving. And that's the thing. We only see our biggest things in the rear view mirror. We don't see them coming. We don't see when we're in them. We only see them when we look in our rear view mirror and say, wow. Yeah. That's been, that's been fantastic. So if you're going through a hard time right now, I guarantee you it gets better. I 100% guarantee that if you have faith that it's going to get better and you take one step today, you take one step tomorrow, you take one step the next day, you're going to turn around and you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, I did it. I made it. I didn't even know what was going on. I, I don't recognize it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And also the what you said about you overestimate what's going to happen in one year and underestimate what's going to happen in 10 years to see this compounding interest. It's not linear. So it's going to uh, have this tremendous growth towards the end. You have to be persistent initially when you don't see that boat moving. It is moving, but you don't see it. So you have to have that speak to it to yourself, but also have other people speak into your life and help you along the way when it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things you said earlier, I think it's very important whether you're going through divorce, whether you're going through anything hard is having people, what we call as a mastermind, you know, you and me probably call it a mastermind of like-minded people of our, where you want to be, not your past, not your struggle. If you're struggling through divorce and you get with a whole bunch of guys that are, you know, not yet divorced, that are all pissed at their wife and, and want to get divorced, you're not going to grow. Yeah. Why don't you go and, and hang out with people who've either survived marriage or have been divorced for a while that have made it? If you start hanging out with them, you'll start getting the thoughts that they have. Stop hanging out with people of uh, you know where you're at. You know, mastermind and get with the groups, get with people who know what's ahead and can help. That's probably one of the most powerful things that we can do is getting with like-minded people that are where we want to be, and lo and behold, stuff rubs off on us. Yeah, you should say that uh, you become like your five best friends. So yeah. if they're all in terrible relationships, probably need to take a look at it. What kind of friends you have yeah. and uh, to put yourself among friends that lift you up instead of kind of like 
bring you down. And yeah. uh, masterminds is also a very good concept where you help each other and you have people that support each other on a regular basis. Yeah. You can get that in, in different ways. You can get it uh, through coaching to have that support group. And I think it's so crucial. Yeah. So we're going to round off the podcast here. It's been such a pleasure to have you, Sean, on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun just chatting. And I'm just wondering, do you have any ending thoughts for the listeners? This is something that I would really like to impact and will help you through this process. I would say probably one of the biggest learnings I had, and it's from a relationship standpoint, is and when we get in the heat of moments, you know, we, we say things, but we can never take back things that we say. So that's my biggest learning from like, there's still times that I get pissed off at my wife and there's still times we have problems, but I know I've learned that I cannot take back something that I say. So that's probably one of the biggest learnings that I've had is be compassionate towards her and I can't take back anything. Whether I mean it, whether it's just out of being upset or whatever, I can never take back what I've said. Yeah, that's very good. Sometimes you overreact to people, what they say, and it's just vibrations in the air. It's like uh, to be a little bit uh, compassionate and forgiving too. It's like uh, being quick to forgive in any relationship. It's like with your kids, with your uh, spouse, with friends. Yeah. It's so easy to take those things that somebody said and bring that to this big thing instead of turning it around and, and minimize it instead. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, this was so fun. And uh, it was such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, you're definitely one of the persons that helped me along to bring this podcast, become a, a real podcast, helping people that are in this difficult uh, path of divorce to help them. And it's so much fun finding these gems in people and being a little bit of a detective. And this podcast is all to believe that it's actually a light in the Enel Tunnel, even though it can be difficult to see that light. And this podcast will help you see that light, even though you don't see it, to visualize it. It, it is over there. Just keep on going. Like you said, being persistent, even though you don't see the progress possibly right now, but to continue on this path will help you see that and it will become reality, like Sean said. And uh, if you have any questions, please send an email to rockinlife podcast at gmail.com or in description below you can actually leave an audio message i've gotten many audio messages from people that have uh, listened to the podcast and brought hope to them and it's so inspiring for me to hear that this is actually making a difference in a lot of people's lives out there it is so much fun so we'll send a podcast every monday and uh, i'd love to hear from you have an awesome day and thank you so much sean for being on the podcast thank you. it's been a, it's been a blast and it's been fun watching you uh get the podcast going and and get it started it's and just know that you're helping people that's the thing you you are by doing this you are you're absolutely even if you help one person get out of what they were what they were in and let them see the light uh you've changed the world thank you so much